Welcome in. This is the latest edition of the Character Concerns Podcast. My name is Christian Ocero, joined as always by my guy, Jay Binkley. Jay, Chiefs won the Super Bowl a week and a half ago, just a little bit under a week and a half ago. And so now we know that the Chiefs are locked in to pick 32 in the first round and the last pick of every subsequent round uh, that they haven't already moved picks around for. So now we have some clarity on how the draft is going to go. End of the first round, which, you know, isn't the worst place to be. You and I have talked and done our mock drafts for the NFL and looked at different scenarios. And, you know, if there's four quarterbacks taken or five or you know, maybe even six, if you can get the six offensive linemen, surely will be taken as well. Uh, corners uh, are out there and we're looking maybe at seven receivers. So there's a good chance sitting at 32 is actually like being at 22 or 23. Yeah, I mean, it it works out pretty good just because there's other position groups that are uh, are very much going to be hot going into this draft class. We know offensive tackle is going to be big. Quarterback seems to be a big priority for a lot of teams. I mean, I've seen that there are you know estimated roughly eight teams that are going to be looking for quarterbacks at some point during the draft. There could be five to six taken in the first round of the draft. So that kind of works out in the Chiefs' favor, even though they're picking at 32. Well, and it could be a situation, too, that wasn't, they weren't able to do it last year at the end of the first round. And you're sitting there at 32 and a quarterback, you know, like Will Levis, that goes in the second round last year, is sitting there in the first round. And somebody wants that quarterback in the first round. They call the Chiefs. They work on a trade. They trade the Chiefs trade back because the Chiefs want, probably want to stockpile draft picks uh, for this season. So if they get it again in the second round, but earlier – Earlier option the second round, probably not the end of the world, especially if teams are going to be going, you know, for a quarterback or a different position there at the end of the first round. But I think the second round will be busy as well. I think 13 wide receivers a record taking the first and second round in 2020, and they'll eclipse that this year. There's going to be several runs on receivers this year. Yeah, I, I do think there's yeah, I do think there's a couple runs. I think there's a run probably five to twenty, and I do think there's a run uh probably somewhere in that mid thirties up to fifty just because I think there's a lot of really good receivers in this draft class, and I think there's a lot of depth there, and so a lot of teams are going to be trying to add up and help out their quarterback situation because, uh, you know, this is a league now where you kind of want to load up on as much offensive talent as you can because the guy you're going up against in, in Patrick Mahomes, he's giving you a tough time there if you don't overload him with talent. So, um, But, yeah, Chiefs. Pick 32 because they won the Super Bowl, which we're excited about. Um, certainly, I'll I'll never complain about the Chiefs picking from 32 if it means they won the Super Bowl. And then we also have uh, this. I mean, there's a lot of stories breaking out. There's We're hearing word that the Raiders might try to trade up, that Denver might be looking to get a quarterback, which, I mean, with the Russell Wilson situation happening, uh, it, it makes a lot of sense why they would try if, to go if get they a have the capital. If they have yeah. the capital, they would waste a lot of capital. They, on have, us. they have spent a lot of capital going getting Russell Wilson, which didn't work out, and getting Sean Payton. So uh, you've spent a lot, and you haven't gotten a whole lot for that. And you know, like I said, there's there's about eight teams that you look at in the league right now that could really use a quarterback, and that could definitely help a team like the Chiefs because someone might really like JJ McCarthy. And they decide, oh, let's go get him a 32 before someone at the top of the second round goes and takes him. So 
Hippy slides, although he's getting some buzz for top 15. a lot of buzz. And I, I kind of feel like he might go first round just because someone's going to talk themselves into him. It's been top 10 a lot of mocks. And, of course, the combine inaccuracy will tell a lot of that. Yeah. Yeah. There will be – I mean, we're a week and a half away from the start of the combine. I'm really excited. I know you're excited. This right here is going to be kind of – I mean, there's pro days still can affect value. But most of the value that these guys are going to be doing in the in the pre-draft process will happen next week in Indianapolis as all of these players go out there and they work out and they do their interviews with all their teams. Unless they skip some things and save it for the pro day, and we've seen more and more of that lately. Yeah, especially for the quarterbacks, because like a lot of the quarterbacks skip throwing or whatever. want to be very careful, and they want to look as good as possible. Throw to their own guys. But I imagine that, like, I think Penix should be looking at throwing. I definitely think Bo Nix should look at throwing, and I definitely think McCarthy should be throwing. Yeah, I think the senior bowl participants definitely are yeah. in that wheelhouse to yeah. throw at the combine. I think those guys should be throwing. Hartman, you know, he he better be out there throwing because he didn't look good at the senior bowl. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's a lot of options there. But next week, we're going to preview all of the uh, senior bowl players that you need to watch out for. We'll talk about the local guys. And we will give you, we'll go pretty in depth on the receiving class because I think that's what everyone is looking forward to. But we'll also talk defensive line because uh, with the Chris Jones situation being what it is, I think it's very, it's very smart for us to kind of go into the offseason with the assumption that there will be a hole on their defensive line. So no way Neil Farrell is really under contract at this point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you got him, you got Felix, you got George, you got Aminahue. And I mean that's it. Dana's yeah. about to hit free agency. I think Malik Herring is in free agency. Obviously, Chris Jones, Tyshawn Wharton, Tyshawn Wharton's gonna, uh, Tyshawn Wharton's gonna be out there. So um, there's gonna, they're certainly gonna have to look defensive line at some point. So I think combine's gonna be really big for that. So next week we will give you a preview of that. But as promised, we've been talking about this for the last month now, and uh, fortunately, this is the right time for us to do it because. Uh, the Chiefs just kept winning and it kept pushing this back. But I think it's time for us to finally give our rookie grades for the Chiefs 2023 class. And we'll start with round one, pick 31. Edge rusher out of Kansas State, Felix on UDK Uzama. Um, this was a guy I think both of us at the beginning of the year were 100% sure this is a redshirt year. Not going to play a whole lot. What grade would you give FAU for his rookie year? If we're being fair, it would be an incomplete. It would be an incomplete because you really didn't see a ton of it. But if you're saying, okay, what about a guy in the first round? How much did he help this team win the Super Bowl? I mean, again, is is it incomplete or not? I mean, I'm, I'm giving – I mean, it, it has nothing to do with the skill set. This is how it goes this grade to how much you help the football team. Ready to see. I think it's a little bit average to below average. Because you can see the potential in when he did play. Uh, you understood it. And he is a guy that uh, that uh, he only only got in one game, so I agree with you. I think incomplete is probably the best grade for him. I just don't think there's the thing is is the little bit that we did see him play, he looked good. Like he did have uh, he he played in the in the uh, Detroit game, and he was San Francisco played nine percent. Yeah, he played 9% against San Francisco. He did play in the Detroit game at the beginning of the year and had a few pressures, but uh, again, you know, looked like a rookie. 
Um, and then in the uh, Chargers game at the end of the year, he did make some plays in that game. And then in the Super Bowl against the 49ers, he got a key TFL on Christian McCaffrey uh, as the Chiefs were uh, kind of pushed back deep in their own territory that really kind of uh, held back a drive from getting in the end zone. So I, I think you do have to give Felix some credit for what he showed. I do think we see the promise that I think me, you, and Nick saw when they went and got him, but also what we saw, you know, in, in the you know in the pre-draft process. But at the same time, he didn't distinguish himself as a clear-cut guy. So the fact that he didn't play very much, I do think an incomplete is probably the best grade you can give. He him. did play at twenty-seven percent, twenty-four percent, and forty-nine percent his first three games, and it kind of really dipped yeah. down. The Chargers game, he got seventy-three percent of the snaps, ended up with three tackles in that game. But yeah. that's the game where the Chiefs played a lot yeah. of their backup players, right? And he looked good in that game, and he was able to generate some pressure there. Did not play in the playoffs until the Super Bowl. Until the Super Bowl, and that was because of a, a Minahue's injury, yeah. tore his ACL in the AFC Championship game in Baltimore. So, you know, like I said, I was impressed with what we saw from him. It was just a tiny bit, though. But I think next year will be a, a year where we can actually truly grade him on uh, with a fair grade because yeah. I think he's going to get a lot of playing time. Because I'm, uh, I, it'd be a C as far as value to this team, but that to me is still an incomplete. Yeah, incomplete. I said I, I think it's very grade. fair when you don't play most of the season just because of depth issues or or not really an issue, but like depth being you know pushing you down the roster, which we knew was going to happen at the beginning of the year. I think it's fair to to look at that situation and, and give him an incomplete. Round two, pick 55, Rashi Rice, wide receiver out of Southern Methodist University. I'm going to give Rashi Rice an A-plus for the year. I, When you look at it, I, I don't think there were a lot of expectations coming into the year. I think the team was like, if we get something out of him, great. But we believe that Kadarius Toney, Sky Moore, those are the guys that we're going to rely on. It didn't work. And Rashi was able to come in when a team did not have anybody to step up that was a, a veteran caliber and came in as a rookie, developed great chemistry with Patrick Mahomes and turned into a really strong asset for the team late in the season and especially in the playoff run. Um, he was able to he was able to help them on crucial key downs. He was able to make, make big plays, score touchdowns. Um, I think Rashi gets an A-plus because... I don't think anybody expected him to be what he was. Almost a thousand yard receiver as a rookie. I mean, he he, he killed. If he would have gotten the kind of volume uh, early in the season that he was getting late in the season, there's a very good chance he could be up there with Puka Nakua as far as production goes. So I, I give him an A plus. To me, he exceeded my expectations by a large margin. For me, if he got 500 yards. That was an that was going to be an that was going to be an A for me for what he did this year. I'm going to go uh, A as well because he exceeded expectations. He was a guy that slid into it was, and I, I had a lot of hope and promise for him coming into this year just because they didn't have any additions. Like he was the really the only addition besides Richie James yeah. that came to this roster. So I did count on him, and I understand why the Chiefs drafted him because he did everything at SMU with the 96 catches. What's second on the team? Only had 38, and then 28 behind that. He did everything, and it's the kind of guy you want. Now, Puka is the out, out, outlier. He's the asterisk because Rasheed Rice finished number two in the NFL in rookie receptions and yards by a rookie wide receiver. So he's added Zay Flowers, Jordan yeah, Addison, yeah. all of them. Yeah, he was better than all the first-round guys. He finished number two, which means they hit a home run on it. Puka, the reason he's an outlier, he goes in the fifth round. 
So the Rams don't get a lot of credit for that. Not only that, he was the fourth, fifth round selection of the Rams. Seriously, the fourth, fifth round selection. So they just took a flyer on him. Yeah, I mean, if you're, <laughs> like, oh, let's go get that kid if you're the fourth, fifth round selection, I don't know how much credit to give you that you hit a home yeah, run in the draft where yeah. you took a flyer. I mean, you do get some credit there because you, they did, you do did pick it. They them, did do it. But at the same time, it was like... Uh, is kind of like like if when you have that many picks in that round, you're just go, you're just going out there. And you're just like, ah, let's go get this guy. So it, you don't want to give him too much, but I think you do got to give him some credit. But it, but it, Rasheed Rice's snap count keep go, going up and up as he built that trust with Patrick Mahomes, and you know from the coming here as a rookie and, and do that, build that trust, and be the number one guy to the point where teams all of a sudden start paying attention to you, and it's more than just Travis Kelsey; it's paying attention to you. In what you're doing on the field, but those snaps kept going up and up. They were real down at the beginning of the year, 31% the first game, 18% the second. And we were on here and on this show. start getting up to uh, in the 70s. We were on this show sitting here like, why is Rashi not playing more? Why is he not getting more snaps? Because it was very apparent. He helped his team get a world championship. Yeah. And and I think next year, there's, there's going to be a lot of expectations on him. And... I think rightly so, and I'll be interested to see the evolution of him. You know, does he kind of stay stagnant right around that range? Because we do see that a lot in the NFL. Or does he improve and become like a 1,200, 1,300-yard receiver next year? That'll be really interesting to see. Um, in round three, pick 92, Chiefs, they moved up again because they moved up in the second round to get Rashi. They moved up again, and this time they got Wanye Morris, tackle out of Oklahoma. He was a right tackle at Oklahoma, but very early in training camp, they were at, they moved him over to the left side, and he was running left tackle with the twos on in in camp. And it was very apparent that the team was very high on him because early in the season he was listed as an inactive, a healthy inactive. But then as the season went along, he was actually dressing for games, and then he actually got to play in games. He actually got to start at what was it three games? I think it was during the season. Um, got time, and I think in a couple of other games before that, before he had a concussion that that put him out, and Donovan Jones got healthy, had a neck injury, and came back. I would give Wanya Morris a B minus. I think being a rookie left tackle in Andy Reid's system, you exceed expectations when you see the field at all because Andy's very careful about his tackles. I mean. Just go see Jeff Fisher. Jeff Fisher was a left tackle who came in and played right tackle for a year because Andy didn't want to throw him into the into the fire so early. And you know you can kind of look at the same situation here with Wanye. He came in, didn't play a whole lot early, but then started to get some uh, crucial play later in the season before he got hurt. And aside from you know getting beat pretty badly on some passing reps. I think he did a really good job in the run game, and I think he showed some promise in the passing game. So I, I'm going to go B minus here. I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to go B minus as well. I, I'm actually with you on that grade because uh, he did start what four games there towards the end of the year when he had to step in for Donovan Smith. I mean, that was a lot. He played like 100 percent of the snaps for like four games. That's that's a tough role to go. And you know, yeah. he had slipped up early on when he gets inserted the game cold and gives up a sack. But I think you know, just like you said, the versatility he showed for moving sides with this offensive line. And somebody they can trust. There's somebody I can see getting playing time on this team for a long time to come. So I think Wanye Morris, that Friday night at the draft, you got to think it was two offensive players, she Rice and Wanye Morris, that they went boom-boom with on Friday night. And I know some people uh, are like, you know, we, they should get a veteran tackle to challenge Wanye. It's like, no, no. Like, I do think they want to get someone who's got some experience, but like... 
I'm not really interested in putting too much in the way of assets towards getting another left tackle. Like, you want to go get a veteran guy that's really cheap just just in case something happens to one? Yeah, sure. But I'm not going out here and I'm not going to put any serious resources to getting another left tackle. Like, I, I feel like Wanye showed a lot of promise, and I think the team can use some of those assets that they need to go tackle other needs. It's going to have to work out. That was the big question mark this year. Will mm-hmm. it work out or not? Yeah. Can they spend their draft capital on going wide receiver a different direction? Because, honestly, the tackle situations are kind of scary for this team. Yeah. Oh, they yeah. are kind of scary going forward. So it's one of those things where you can almost talk yourself into the Chiefs doing an offensive lineman, but I yeah. – Picking 132, I think, is much different than getting a receiver at 32. That's what I'm saying. It's like, to me, I don't know if taking a left tackle at 32 is going to is gonna be as big big for the offense as would going out and just developing Wanye a little more and maybe getting him a little veteran help behind him. But someone like you're not, you, I don't want, I don't want them spending $10 million on a left, on a cheap left tackle. You know, I don't want them going out and getting a premium left tackle. I want them getting a guy who's just a depth guy that can play there. And then Wanye's the guy that develops. Cause I think he's, he showed a lot of promise this year. Yeah. He got beat badly on a, on a few reps here, but a lot of guys get beat badly early on in the career playing that position, especially when you're going up against elite guys. I mean, Orlando Brown Jr. got beat a lot badly when he played in Kansas City. So round round four, pick 119. This is your guy, Chamari Connor, safety out of Virginia Tech. Um, I thought that he did such a great job later in the season coming in when Brian, Brian Cook got hurt. And playing that third safety, sometimes even playing a second safety, when they let they moved Justin Reed into the box and had him play that third safety spot, that star position type, I thought Shamari did an excellent job playing late in the season, playing in the playoffs. I mean, he he got a lot of playing time late in in you know during that playoff run, and I'm gonna I'm gonna give him an A minus here because for him to come in as a rookie late in the season and. For him to play the way that he did, having a key interception against the Bills in the playoffs. I mean, the guy made a lot of important plays for them, didn't allow a lot of big plays in coverage. I, I, I'm going to give him for what the role that he played, because he didn't play a massive role. He wasn't doing what Justin Reed was doing, but he was important, I think, in that latter stretch. I'm going to give Tramari Connor an A-. minus. You know what? I... <laughs> You know, I'm going to give him an A, just straight up A. I mean, he came in, exceeded expectations. They needed him Buffalo for Mike Edwards' game. That was where he stepped. That was Mike Edwards. Yeah, he yeah. hit his head in that game. Nine yeah, percent of the snaps that, game, yeah. that he had in that game, and he stepped up. And he was great on special teams. And he, you know what? If if Spags asked him to blitz, he could do it. And he would do it. He would step right in there. This is a key that they want. And I, I remember, you know, look, watching him, thinking, "All right, this has been a good draft pick for the Kansas City Chiefs." This is my favorite one coming into the season. But I think he did everything and more for this football team, and he ended up playing. Didn't play a ton of snaps in the Super Bowl, but going to the Super Bowl was instrumental in Chiefs getting there with this defense. Yeah, the Chiefs kind of went away from playing the uh, the they went away from playing nickel a lot, and they went more towards their dime packages and put more corners on the field in the Super Bowl. So he wasn't going to get a lot of playing time in that game, but I think he did a great job in the in the role that he played in. So I think that's that's the big reason. Like I said, I think I think he exceeded expectations. I right. think this was supposed to be a year where he was going to redshirt. But he did. He played. He played a lot in the playoffs and all that special teams. Man, he was like eighty percent to hundred percent of the special team snaps yeah. all year. I mean, he was 
playing all of them, the four phasers. So, and, and that was something that you talked about a lot huge. on draft day when they took him. You talked about it after the draft a lot, about how big he was on special teams when he was at Virginia Tech. So uh, for him to go in and kind of start to show that with the team and then addition to that, contribute on defense as a rookie in a year that he probably wasn't supposed to get a lot of time yeah. on the field, that's pretty nice. In round five, pick 166, the Chiefs took B.J. Thompson, edge rusher out of Stephen F. Austin. Um, this was the pick, I think. We I we talked about this a lot in the lead-up to the draft. Uh, this is where uh, Brett Veach kind of gets a little cute, and he get, he finds his creations. He finds guys who are incredible athletes but need a lot of work, and he picks those guys up. And B.J. Thompson really kind of fit that mold. Um, he was a smaller edge rusher. He was 220 when he played at Stephen F. Austin. He bulked up to 240 before the draft. And then they talked about having him put on an additional 20 more pounds after they drafted him. But B.J. did not really see the field very much. Did he, I don't, did he, even, did he play in the Chargers game? The Chargers game, game he did. It, it, he, again, he played in the Chargers Only like 30% of the yeah, snaps. He but he barely played, snaps. but he did play in that. It's the only game he played in this right. year. And, so, and I think we both knew he was going to be your project. He was going to be your uh, was a Tano Passanio type. He was going to be the Joshua Kando type. The great athlete... But, you know, because B.J. Thompson originally at Baylor before he transferred over to Stephen F. Austin, great athlete coming out of high school, and it just didn't work with the Power 5 school he went to, transferred to a smaller school, showed you a little something there, obviously enough for the Chiefs to draft him. I think you got to give him an incomplete because he just didn't play, and I'm not sure when he's going to play. Yeah, 100% incomplete. This was totally a red shirt. And we, I think... They liked him, they liked the talent. Yeah. And here's the thing about it is like they still have three more years left with him on mm-hmm. his on his contract. So they can they they still got plenty of time to get something out of him. He's a little bit older, I think. I think he was twenty three when he was drafted. So you gotta get something out of him pretty quickly. I think after next season, if you don't get anything out of him, then I think the expectations for him probably lower a bit. Um, even though he's got the physical ability. And you saw some promise with him. But I like I said, I, I think this one is another one where you can't really give him a fair grade because he didn't really play a whole lot. Um, round six, pick 194, you have Keandre Coburn, defensive tackle out of Texas. This one's really confusing because this was a guy that was on – he was he played week one against the, the Lions because Chris Jones was out because he was holding out. He played. He actually looked pretty good. Then – after uh, that game, Chris Jones comes back, and then you end up moving Coburn over to your practice squad. He gets brought, he gets signed by the Denver Broncos. They let him go. He goes back to the Chiefs practice squad, signed by the Tennessee Titans, where he is currently now. Took him, plucked him right off it, so they yeah, put him right? on the active it was roster. Like, it was like literally like the next week, right over to Tennessee. He's over in Nashville now. I. I got to give this one an F, and it's not for Coburn's sake, because I think the kids got talent, but I don't think the Chiefs have handled this one that great. Because if you really like Coburn that much, you've now let two teams take him off your practice squad, and clearly they think they might have something. He's still on the on the Titans roster as we speak. Maybe things will change here with the offseason, you know, getting into full swing now. But, I mean, 
Coburn seems like a guy that could have helped you, and he showed you a little bit in that game against the Lions, so it's weird why you would let him just you know be made available in the practice squad. I like snacks for the amount of snaps he had at Texas. He played a lot, and he was very enthusiastic about playing here. But when he came back, you remember Spags. Like he wanted him back. Like he wanted Coburn back. Like oh, yeah. to see what you got. Is, is a guy to develop? Do I see him back here eventually? Maybe so. Maybe so he comes back to the practice squad. Who knows what happens? But they obviously like him enough to bring him back a second time. Now it's it's they probably they would have kept him here. But to be honest with you, he stays in the practice squad the rest of the year. Had the Titans not said, 100%, yeah, okay, we so. want to put or you on the roster. Anyone else would have signed him. I but I'm so. with you. He couldn't stay on the roster, so that's an F. When 21 of the 22 previous draft picks before the season ended up on the roster for Brett Beach. Yeah, I like I said to me, it's it's it'd be different if they brought him in and they just realized he wasn't good. I mean, it would still be an F, but like that's that's going to happen with six round picks anyways. A lot of times these guys just don't work out cuz they're just not fit for the league. It's apparent though that he has a place in the league and Spags liked him and yet they still couldn't find a way to keep him on the roster and that just I understand like there's other guys that they like on their D-line too, but they were kind of hurting on the interior of that D-line there. And they could have used a guy like him and developed him because, you know, I, I don't know if Derek Nottie's going to be back. I don't know if Turk Wharton's going to be back. I don't think Malik Herring's going to be back. Turk would outside, come cheap, but though. But they, Turk would these come guys cheap. cheap. But Nottie will probably get paid by yeah. somebody to be there. And, mm-hmm. you know, they could the Chiefs could bring back Pinnell. Um, he was great in the Super Bowl, but I mean, I think you kind of want to get a little younger there on the on the interior of your D line. There, you can't just keep paying all these guys three four million dollars to come back to your team. So, it would have been nice to have Coburn, and so I, I think the the fact that you let two teams take him off your roster, I, I give it enough. And then finally, round seven, pick two fifty, you had Nick Jones, cornerback out of Ball State. Um, Nick Jones has played some on the on the practice squad. I mean, uh, on the uh, on special teams, correct? He played a lot of special teams, yeah. That's what he did. Mainly that was his right. role. And he, he definitely was a good contributor on that side of the ball, but didn't really see a lot of time on, the, on act, playing actual defense, playing actual corner. Um, so I think on this one here, I think you got to give it a D because this is one of those where, like, it's – they really like his physical profile. Like the Chiefs very much like guys. He's a bigger corner. They like guys like that because they can be more physical at the line of skirmish playing press. But this is one where he didn't like discern himself really as a as a corner. And so yeah, it's cool that you got yourself like a special teamer, but I I kind of want to see that upside from him as an actual corner. So I gotta give this one a D. I'm going C with it because he was a seventh-round pick. Oftentimes in the yeah. seventh round, you drew Well, I mean, Isaiah Pacheco I mean, contributed yeah. to this and team Jaylen as a Watson. rusher. Jalen Watson, too. <laughs> but if you have a seventh round that contributes in special teams, like one of these areas you really need, and you know a backup defensive back um, if you need him for those purposes. So I'm going to go see with it because of his special teams value. Yeah, I mean, he definitely was a good contributor on special teams. But, you know, this is one of those picks where it's like you kind of – Hope you can get a steal out of this one. You hope you can find a guy that could be at least a pretty good contributor playing like in those dime sets that the Chiefs love to run. So 
Um, overall, I mean, I, I think this was a really strong draft class. I mean, I think we saw promise for Felix. Rashi obviously like way exceeded our expectations. Wanye surprised, I think, a lot of us as far as getting on the field as a left tackle in his rookie year. Chamari was great in the little time that he got to play. BJ, we'll see. Coburn, I mean, I'd love to see him back here, but, you know... I don't know if that if that really works. It'd be out. three times in a year. You know it would be three times, but I, I'd love to see him back on the team. And then you know Nick Jones, we'll see what what he does. I, I'd love to see the uh, advancement there. One guy though, and he was a, a draft pick in twenty two that I'm really excited to watch is Nazi Johnson. Nazi Johnson obviously had the the torn ACL in uh, in training camp, played in the Super Bowl last year. But he was someone that you were hearing a lot of buzz about in training camp before his injury. So, you know, you kind of wonder if maybe he can be another slot corner type um, and kind of mix around and play some of that star position as well that the Chiefs like to run there. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of players that you look at and uh, they'll get some guys back. Obviously, Omenihue, they didn't play in the Super Bowl with him. And, you know, having him back next year will be really nice. And, you know, if Nazi Johnson takes a step forward if they go and get some help in the uh, in the receiving department and free agency, the draft, there's a lot of good things that this team can can really kind of do to improve going into uh, 24. Chad Ryder, who had them the character concerns last year in yeah. the uh, in the spring, NFL.com right. draft, he gave the uh, Chiefs rookie class a B, yeah, like a total of a B. I think that's a good. I think it's a good good grade for the draft yep. class. And I I think I mean look, anytime you can get. Four contributors in any capacity, any starting capacity on your defense. That's, I mean, on your team, that's good. And, um, you know, I think you, you, you got it with Rashi. You got it with Wanye. Chamari definitely contributed for sure. Um, Nick was, you know, he was good on special teams. And Felix showed some promise, even though he didn't really get to see the field much. I, like I said, I think B's really good. It's not is obviously not as great as the twenty two class, but yeah. you're not going to get very many draft classes as good as the I don't know if they'll ever hit that one. I don't know if they are either. Um, next week, it's combine time. We're going to preview the combine. We're going to give you all the players to watch out for: receiver, edge rusher. Um, I mean, not edge rusher, probably defensive tackle. Any tackles that stand out for sure. Any buzz that comes out because. You're gonna. I think the quarterbacks are gonna be a big feature of this draft class. Aside from the, the receivers are the biggest feature, but the quarterbacks are gonna be really interesting. I'm gonna be really interested to see what the buzz is on these defensive linemen. One guy to watch out for. I'm gonna tell you this right now: Darius Robinson out of Mizzou, defensive tackle slash edge. Is he first round now? He might be a first rounder. I mean, this is a guy that. Like before Senior Bowl week was a th- was projected to go third round now or even fourth round now he's projected to, in, by some people to be a first rounder. There's a lot of guys to look out for, so we'll preview all the local guys plus all the guys that you need to watch out for the Kansas City Chiefs, um, plus any news that comes out of it, any rumors that come out of it. Um, make sure you like, subscribe, download the podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. We appreciate it, and we will be, we will be back next week for a new edition of Character Concerns.